So glad we serve a risen Savior. Prayer this morning, sing this with us. God. 
Selah, you are a precious child and a bold witness. Bless you. Selah is a gamecock. Her sister Jalen converted to become a Clemson Tiger and had on a Clemson hoodie Wednesday night showing it off. I thought about buying one after I saw hers. This is not my message, this is kind of just a, a testimony, and then I'll get to the message. I, I'm very interested in history. Um, I find it interesting that the older I get, the more I have interest in history. Uh, how things have come to be and, and how significant these moments in which we live really are in light of our past. Uh, one day people will be writing about this time in which we live and it will become a part of the history curriculum for students in years to come if the Lord tarries. History is so very much a part of the heartbeat of who we are as, as a human race. And so I went to see a movie this week, uh, very interested in the history that would be portrayed in the movie, Harriet Tubman. Um, Harriet Tubman's name was Minty before she took the name of Harriet Tubman. She was a slave on a plantation in Maryland. She longed to be free from slavery. She was married to a man who was, who was free in Maryland because there were African Americans at that time in that state who were freed men and there were those who were still under the bondage of slavery. She was married to a freed man uh, and so she determined that she was going to have liberty. And on one occasion, she faced off with her, uh, the son of the plantation owner who had enslaved her, and she looked him eyeball to eyeball, and she said, I have determined I will either have liberty or I will have death, but I will not go back into the bonds of slavery. And that conversation happened when she was in the midst of laying her life on the line for the sake of helping fellow slaves find their freedom. She made her way uh, to, to a free uh, spot in Pennsylvania and she worked with the Underground Railroad and before she died, she was responsible for over 700 slaves coming to freedom. And she did that at great risk. Um, people continued to say to her on both ends, in Pennsylvania and those who were still in slavery, slavery in Maryland would say, don't do this, you're going to get killed. And she said... I am willing to die for the sake of bringing men to freedom. And so she, over and over again, would make trips back to Maryland. And she, she became known as Moses because she would go out into, um, uh, in, into the places where the, where the slaves were housed and she would begin to sing that old song, Pharaoh, let my people go. And they would hear her voice and they would come out of, the, out of their houses, if you will, or their shanties, and, and those who had uh, the heart to would follow her, knowing that their lives would be put at risk, but it was worth the risk to find freedom. And as I watched that movie, I thought about the spiritual implications. And I thought, Lord, help me to be that kind of person in our society that is going into the dark places where sin uh, has overtaken the lives of people and helped me to be that one who is issuing a call for people to find their freedom in Jesus Christ. We are in partnership. You look around this morning and there are a number of empty chairs. 
And it's going to take us working together to make sure that we don't have empty chairs, but that we need to buy more chairs. And it's not just about filling this place up. It's about populating heaven. It's about rescuing people from the darkness of the sin that has overtaken them. And God wants you to be a voice in the wilderness. He wants you to be one who is going out inviting people to come with you to this place of worship. And I'll make you this promise. If you will devote yourself to bringing as many people as you can to church, I will devote myself that you and I together might take as many people to heaven as we possibly can. Because at this point in, in, in the history of, of our nation, in the history of humanity, it's not just about me getting to heaven. It's not just about you getting to heaven. It's about as many people as possible coming to faith in Christ that they might have heaven as their eternal home. Yeah. And so, will you join me in a partnership? Will you, will you, will you make it an, an intention in your life every week to invite people to come to church with you? To invite them to come and pray for whoever's preaching that week that we will have the anointing of God upon our lives, that we will come with the message that God knows that your friends need to hear, that we need to hear, that will bring spiritual freedom to realization in all of our lives. We, we can do this together. We, we can uh, make such uh, an incredible difference in the lives of people if we will understand how intentionally God would have us to give ourselves to this effort. Now, here, here's the thing. We can look around this morning and say, wow, where is everybody? Wow, look, look how many empty chairs there are. Or we could say, Lord, with Your help, we're going to do everything we can to bring people from where they are to this place that they might find what you have for them. And, and I pray that you will join me in that effort and that, and that we will understand together that there is some inconvenience involved in that because here's the thing, you don't just need to invite people to come to church, you need to invite them to come to church with you. Which means that we're going to have to make a commitment. That we will be here and that this is a priority in our lives and that this is that important to the lives of those people that God is giving us audience with. To be a Harriet Tubman that walks out in the midst of Sumter or wherever it is that, that we uh, lay our heads and, and, and to begin to sing that song of freedom that is to be realized through the Lord Jesus Christ. What do I, what I mean by all I mean talk about Jesus. Invite people to church. Pray that God will open the hearts and the minds of people that they might be drawn to that freedom that is available to all of us because of the cross of Christ. Um, it was interesting in that movie, how many of those who were in slavery just wouldn't risk it. And so you're going to invite some people and they'll never come. But what's interesting is you're going to invite some people and you're going to be amazed that that was the person that, whose heart was drawn in that moment to come and find the light of Christ in their lives. We're moving into the holiday season and it is a perfect time uh, in, on the calendar because People, people are going to be thinking about Jesus. To some level, they're going to be thinking about Jesus. And God will use us to help awaken them to the spiritual reality of this season that we're moving in. I need your partnership. We need each other's partnership. And so, I will seek to be prepared with the word that God would have me to bring that will bring life to all of us. And I need you to commit together with me that you will become a part of the team that is inviting people to be here with us on Sundays and Wednesdays.
which is a reminder. Some of you didn't even know the church was open on Wednesdays. Wednesday morning, 10 o'clock. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We work our way through a book of the Bible. We, we just finished Ephesians and now we're going to look at the Christmas season. It's an opportunity to sit in a smaller group and to, to dig into the meanings of the verses that God has given us in His Holy Word. I invite you, if it's been a long time, or if you've never been here for a Wednesday Bible study, put that on your calendar. I tell you, it'll make us a stronger church. I promise you that. We've got to be more than Sunday attenders in order to be the church that God has called us to be. If I'm speaking the truth, say amen. amen. There are four books of the New Testament that are called the Gospel accounts of Jesus Christ. And this morning I want to turn your attention to the account that is written by Luke, who was a physician, a doctor, and he says in the very opening verses of, of that gospel account that many have undertaken uh, to give an account of the life and the ministry of Jesus and he says, I too have undertaken to investigate all of these matters concerning Jesus, who He is, what He did, why He came. And so he set forth his account. And Luke is, is unique, like the other Gospel writers are unique in their perspective of their viewpoint of, who, of what Jesus did. And so some of the stories match up and some of them are unique. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic Gospels because they pretty, they pretty much run parallel with one another. And then John just goes a completely different direction. So he's, he's set apart from the three that are similar in, in the offerings that they bring. But I want to turn your attention to Luke chapter 10. And I want you to look with me, if you will, at a story that is a familiar story but I think can bring new insight to our hearts and to our minds, to our spirits as we move into this holiday season. We're on the threshold of Thanksgiving. We're on the threshold of the Advent season. Uh, Thanksgiving comes late this year, the 28th. And, uh, and then that, that Sunday on the 1st is the first Sunday of Advent. So we, we jump right from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And we will journey through Advent, the four Sundays of Advent, and then uh, our Christmas Eve communion service, which is always a glorious time as we come together to celebrate communion uh, on the eve of the birth of Jesus as we celebrate it. And, and so it's a very incredible opportunity for us to gather around the, the true meaning of life and who Jesus is and why He came to this earth. But the, Luke says it this way. Look at verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and His disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I think she was related to Martha Stewart. What do you think? She came to Him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus came to town, and Martha decided that they would have a dinner party. And she invited, it says, invited him into her home. So we take from that that, that Mar- this was Martha's house, and her sister lived with her. And we, we know from other passages of Scripture that Lazarus is their brother, the one who died, and Jesus stepped to the entrance of his tomb and called him forth from death. And so this is the family we're talking about. And Martha's making preparation for a dinner, and, and she's uh, tru- truly she's gotten off, off course a little bit. Because it should, this visit should have been all about Jesus. And understand something, Martha was making it all about herself. Because, yes, she wanted to have a nice dinner in honor of Jesus, but really uh, having a nice dinner became more about what kind of hostess she is than what kind of guest Jesus was. And so she's making preparation and, uh, you know, she's getting all the, the table set and she's preparing the meal and we don't know what she's preparing, but she's very busy. It says she's, she's even distracted by all the preparation. It has become the priority in her life to have everything just so. And then it dawns on her, Mary is in the living room sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha's got perspiration on her brow. She's got food on her apron. Her feet are tired. She's trying to time everything out where everything will be done at the the right time. Is that not one of the biggest challenges when you put on a big meal like Thanksgiving? You know, when, 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 well, you got to get the turkey on early. But you don't want to get it on too early because you don't want it to set too long while you're finishing the casseroles. And when in the world do you do the mashed potatoes so they don't get hard? And when, when, how do you, are you going to get all the, the casseroles and the dressing in the oven? Oh, you, you need another oven. And then with all the leftovers, you better go buy a garage refrigerator. I have uh, resisted that temptation. If we had leftovers every week, I would buy a garage refrigerator, but I'm not buying it for Thanksgiving. Amen? But Martha's distracted with all this preparation, and it's become more about her performance, more about uh, the glory of this meal that she sets before Jesus and the other family members that are gathered there, and she has forgotten all about the precious opportunity she has to sit and listen to what Jesus has to say, the stories He has to tell, the truths that, that He would bring to bear in her life. Lord, can You not see how hard I am working all by myself? Would you please tell my sister, not ask my sister, would you tell my sister to come and help me? She was not expecting what happened next. Jesus said, and I think with compassion. I don't think He was stern in offering His response. I think He was compassionate in offering. Martha, Martha. Look at you. You have got yourself so worked up over all these preparations. 
And Mary has chosen a few things that no, she has chosen one thing that is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Boy, there's all kinds of lessons in that. For example, I am me and you are you. And what God has called me to is not necessarily what God has called you to. And the gifts God has given me is not necessarily the gift that God has given you. The burden that God has given me in ministry may be a different shade of burden than the burden that God has given you. For example, one person is most burdened about, about children's ministry or youth ministry, and another person is heavily concerned about the missionaries and, and that they have everything they, they need to take the gospel forth in the areas where they serve. And another person is concerned that we have the right facilities to welcome the family that God brings in. And it's not that one uh, is not important and the other is. It is that they are all important, but there is one thing that is is more important than all of that. And that is that you and I would remember to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because we can get busy with so many things in church life that we forget to sit at His feet. I mean, we talk about Him, we teach about Him, we quote Him. We glean life's meaning from the way He lived His life. But when do I put everything else on hold just to be with Jesus in true spiritual presence? Jesus said that's not going to be taken from her. We're not told what happened next. I wonder what happened next. Mary had her inclinations in life the way she was wired, and Martha had her inclinations in life and the way she was wired. Some of us were having a discussion about this reality uh, just this week and um, talking about how interesting it is that you know, a couple will come together, they get married, they, they, they set up household, and you find out. There's all kinds of things you find out, but one of the things you find out Typically, with a couple, there's one person who closes cabinet doors and there's another person who doesn't. Right? As a matter of fact, if I were to ask, if I were to ask you, um, who among us here this morning is the one in, in your house that is always going behind others and closing cabinet doors? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Bob Fort, put your hand up, buddy. I know you, bud. Really? Then if I ask the other, the other group, I would ask it this way. Who among us didn't even know there was a cabinet door open? So we're wired differently. But even given those, those distinctions about the way we're made up and the things that we see and that we don't see, what we're talking about here crosses over all of those kind of distinctions because all of us, regardless of, of how, how we're wired, all of us are called to remember that the most important thing in our lives is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because as many as received Him, He made them His children. 
But He came to His own. And His own received Him not. The most important thing that you will ever do in our lifetime is to acknowledge who Jesus is and receive Him gratefully into our lives. Because honestly, when you breathe your last breath, what you have done with Jesus determines what happens next. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are spiritually lost. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and me. There's nothing more important than that. Nothing. What if we get so busy with the logistics associated with Thanksgiving and Christmas that we forget who we're honoring. What can we do to make sure Jesus is the focus of our Thanksgiving and our Christmas? I think one of the things is to make sure we're opening our Bibles and turning our attention to the passages of Scripture that have to do with giving thanks, Psalm 100. There's a a whole slew of them. The Gospel accounts of the, the Christmas story, Jesus' advent. Remember, Jesus is eternal. And so when He was born, it is that the eternal Christ clothed Himself with human flesh and came and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of God in Him. And He came to save Lost people. And we're all lost people without Him. And so to open the Bible to those passages of Scripture, to listen to songs that give fuel to the themes of Thanksgiving and Christmas. Someone just recently sent me a meme and said, your favorite song. And you know me. And I can't remember who sent it to me now, so if you're here, you know me. Last Christmas. Really? Are you with me? Last Christmas I gave you my heart. And the very next day you gave it away. Now you learn that part of it and just keep singing it for a hundred times. And you've got the song. One of of my least favorite Christmas songs. Listening to songs that remind us of the reason for the season, who is Jesus Himself. Martha made Jesus' visit to her home too much about herself. And if we're not careful, we'll make the holidays too much about ourselves. We'll make the holidays too much about logistics. Oh, it's okay to have a nice meal. I want to have a nice meal. And I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a couple of my specialties. I, I'm going to make a, a dressing that has apple, Granny Smith apple, walnut, toasted walnuts, and sage sausage mixed into the, the dressing. Y'all, it's to die for. I mean, and I'm, I'm, not, you know, I'm not cooking a whole lot of stuff through the year. I'm not that guy, but that dressing, oh man, it's amazing. And my kids are so excited about it. And I saw Emma this week, and she said, Papa, I can't wait for Thanksgiving, and I'm going to eat ribs. 
because I'm going to do ribs along with us having turkey and, and, and the other fixings because my kids love for, for dad to barbecue ribs and so I'm going to do that. But if I'm not careful, it'll become too much about the dressing, too much about the ribs, too much about all the other things that we have to do. I've got to set up a table and extra chairs because we, we need to have room for 12 people and so I'm going to have to make room for everybody and, and get everything set. But you know what? In the midst of all that, Thanksgiving is thanking God for His goodness. Yeah, we want a good meal. We want a good family time of togetherness. But let me tell you what the main event is for our Thanksgiving. It's when we're saying the blessing before we sit down to the table. And we join hands in a circle. And this year there will be 12 of us. And we go around the circle and everybody... tells why they are thankful to God this year. And then we join our hearts together and we sing, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Twelve voices. And for those of us who are in that circle, as I shared a few weeks ago, we hear number 13. As Beck's dad, who's in heaven now, would hit that tenor line on the last phrase of the doxology and then the amen. Oh, he swelled on amen in that tenor voice. And we still hear his voice. when we sing the doxology. And thanksgiving would not be thanksgiving, even with the incredible meal and all of the casseroles. It wouldn't be thanksgiving if we didn't pause and say, I just want to thank the Lord that this year and then sing that doxology together. And I've got to tell you, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas for me if I didn't have the opportunity to gather here with you all, not only for the Advent Sundays, but for Christmas Eve communion. What an awesome time that is. And to think years ago, it began over at Wise Drive as a drop-in communion. And some of you were part of that. And me and whoever the associates were at any given time would, would be waiting in the church and families would drop through. And we would meet at the family at the altar and have communion with them and pray with them. And then another family would be ready on the other side and we would gather with them. And it was one-on-one it was -on -one kind of fellowship. And then it happened that we, we were having so many come up that people were having to wait too long. They were having to wait for us to be freed up here to be over there and, and, and then back over here. And so I remember when Matt Rowe and I talked together and we said, hey, why don't we just have a communion service? And it has become a highlight for our Christmas. Why is that? 
because Christmas is all about Jesus. Santa Claus is not enough for Christmas. I'm not anti-Santa Claus. But I don't want Santa Claus taking the place of Jesus. Amen? Because Santa Claus, he's not the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. And those of you who went to the Holy Land last year, I promise you, your Christmas goes up a notch this year because you've been to Bethlehem. You knelt there and put your hand on the star. The likely place where Jesus was laid in a manger. Don't take Christ out of Christmas. And don't take thanking God out of thanksgiving. Because if we do that, we've become a part of the Martha society. We've made it more about us than about Him. And I promise you, if we do that, we lose something. We lose something of ourselves. Not just those holidays, we lose something of ourselves. No doubt we're going to be busy with many things as we move from this point forward. My birthday this year falls on the Saturday that Clemson plays Carolina. Could it possibly get worse for a Gamecock fan? So I know I'm not going to get that for my birthday, right? We'll just take that off the table. Oh, you diehard Gamecock fans, you never know. <laughs> I've sung that song for 40 years. But I'm going to thank God on my birthday for all the years. Selah, thank you for that song this morning. That He's been with me. That He has helped me to understand how personal it is when God says He shall be called Emmanuel. Yeah, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go alone. I want to take as many people with me as I possibly can. Yes, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Father, as we move quickly toward the holidays, let the holidays bring us closer to You, like Mary. When You make Your presence known and You walk into the room and we know You're there, help us to lay everything aside in that moment and sit at Your feet. And Lord, if we've become so busy that you walk into the room and we, 
We don't even pause to recognize Your presence. Oh please, Lord, strive with us. Press us with the presence of Your Holy Spirit. Awaken us to the glory of Your presence. Thank You for loving us. Thank You for everything You've done for us. And Lord, I just ask that You would help us to reach out to people around us singing freedom song in Christ and bringing as many to freedom as we possibly can. In the spirit of Harriet Tubman, help us to lay our lives on the line for the sake of saving others. And don't let us get lost in all the distractions that this world has to offer. Because sooner than we know it, we'll be crossing over to the other side. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Baby.